And once we get that right, which is for me the most important thing, that they have, first of all, respect. The second one is commitment. The third one, passion. Those three ingredients are non-negotiable. Welcome into the Non-Negotiables podcast. I'm Gavin, and I'm here tonight with Justin. How are you doing, Just? Hey, Gav. Good. How are you? Good, mate. Good. Um, bit of a disaster class yesterday. Still getting over it. I was uh, pretty angry, has to be said, after the game. I'm sure you were as well. Uh, yeah, it, it wasn't a great one, uh, for sure. And I, I felt like... Um, well, you know, to be honest, I think this Spurs side is, they're a little better than I expected. Um, I, I still... I, see, I, I don't think so. I think if they were, we'd have got thumped yesterday with how badly we played. I, I really think we were that poor yesterday that I think if they were a good side, I think we'd have been in trouble. Man, I, I don't know. I mean, I, I, I get what you're saying. And there was some some key performances that were pretty low. But I, I still, I mean, I guess, you know, just going back to Mourinho and, and Conte, uh, Spurs under those two managers. Uh, this definitely seemed a more threatening side, and I don't again, even know. Again, though, do, do you think they were threatening? Because I don't remember them having a chance other than the two goals. That, oh, uh, there was the one Raya save that wasn't actually that good a save, but it looked a lot better than it was. But that was it. Other than that, I don't remember. They they actually reminded me a lot of Manchester United, a lot of Man United. That a lot of the ball at the back didn't really ever look like doing anything with it. Um, difference was is that we just stopped catching them out in the second half i always review the extended highlights like right before we pod like within the, the last 15 minutes or so and i was pretty surprised at how good of chances they had well, i was I, I was doing that too but i'll be honest with you i only got to i only got to the second goal and then i just kind of gave up but they must have had chances after that because before it they had nothing yeah uh that that one uh Poro, I think, played Sun uh, right on side, and he smashed it side netting when he was only like eight yards out. I mean, that was a great chance. There was, uh, I mean, I don't know. They, they definitely. All right, well, I... let's 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 go through the let's, yeah, go, let's through go through the game. Yeah. Um, <laughs> let's let's start with a let's start with a lineup. We'll start there. So, Vieira came back into midfield. We found out we kind of knew on Friday that Trossard was going to miss. Um, and rather than the sensible option of playing Reese Nelson out there and just saying off you go, he decided to move Gabriel Jesus out wide. Um, and again, I hope that is the last time we ever see Gabriel Jesus out wide because what a waste that is. You didn't think he was good? I don't care if he was good. It was a waste of time, complete waste of time. You're taking your best player through the middle and moving him onto the wing. I Honestly, I, I think it was a really badly managed game by Arteta yesterday from start to finish. I think there was a decent yeah. game plan in the first half, but the game management itself I thought was really poor. And it started here. Moving Jesus out to the wing is utter insanity. When the Especially the left the middle wing. Is, and, and the, the player in the middle is Eddie Nketiah. It, it, it's complete insanity to me. And I'm not going in on Nketiah. Nketiah did what Nketiah does. We know what Nketiah is by now. And I just, I thought that was an insane decision. Um, but that was it. So what did, what did, I mean, I've told you what I think. So what did you think of that when you saw the team come out? Yeah, I was fine with the entire team except for that change. 
um, I mean, you, you know what I'd push. I mean, but I, I understand Arteta not starting Smith Rowe because it's been so long since he's, he's had never going to start Smith Rowe. I think we have to get that out of the way now. Smith Rowe will never start for us in a league game. He'll be sold next summer and he will never start for us in a league game. He just hey, won't. Yeah. Hey, fuck off. Yeah, but he just do you do you disagree with that? Because I, I just think it's very, I, I, I very do, clear that I do disagree does not rate him. I do disagree with that. I mean, I think there's been a ton of players on the out that have kind of been like brought back in and used. Uh, you know, I mean, he he's done that. He does this. It, it's really weird. You, you watch Game you of Thrones. He's like a Ramsey because I only remember Martinelli coming back from injury. Other than that, when you're on the out with Arteta, generally you get your contract cancelled. Mate, he's brought players back from the cold a bunch. El Nenny, Kolasinac. Um, I don't think that was really bringing players back from the cold, though, right? Like it El got Nenny, random starts. Kolasinac got a random start is. against Manchester City. What's that? Kolasinac got a random start against Manchester City. Yeah, but he's not starting Kolasinac because he thinks he's a good player, is he? Like, he's starting Kolasinac because there's no one else to put there. So he, he starts him. I just, I, I don't see it. I really don't. Like, and Kolasinac ended up with his contract cancelled. And, and honestly, too, I mean, Smith Rowe in both appearances has looked better than Nelson now. Mm, I don't know if I agree with that. And I think Nelson he, was, he was trying. The, he was only on the pitch for about a minute yesterday, wasn't he? He was on the pitch for 11 minutes. Well, yeah, yeah. injury time, basically. Yeah. yeah. But even, even that, he left Nelson's Chandler, trying. Nelson's he left trying. On, on one leg for 15 yeah, that minutes. Was yeah. Rather than bring Smith Rowe. But anyway, carry on. I was just going to say, I, I, I think um, Nelson's not playing bad, but he's trying way too hard to make an impact. Uh, he, he's, he's, he's going for it himself to try to get that goal or assist and, and fucking it up, honestly. Smith Rowe is still playing the Arteta game. Um, I'm, I'm not liking the way Nelson's played the past two games uh, just because he's trying too hard, and I think it's obvious. But quite honestly, on Sunday, I don't know what else he could have done. Because it was the wrong sub, and we'll get on to the sub, so I don't want to cover that too much now. But Enketia was having a bad day. Even it by was. his standards, he was having a bad day. And Arteta's left him on through the middle, put Reese Nelson on on the left-hand side. It Honestly, I'm flabbergasted by how bad the management was yesterday. For all the talk of he's been better with the subs and all that, yesterday was just a complete disaster class from start to finish. And the bench as well, one thing that struck me, and I know we've got a few injuries at the minute, but how weak that bench looked. You know, all of a sudden you've got Cedric making an appearance on the bench and <laughs> yeah, El yeah. Nenny making an yeah. appearance on the bench. And you're like, oh. <laughs> Wait, El Nenny was on the bench? Mm-hmm. Whoa, I have the, the game pulled up here, but I didn't even, like, register that. Mm-hmm. Wow, that's crazy. Yeah, you're right. Hold on, lineups. I got to see this for myself. Wow. You're right. Yeah, that's pretty rough. Yeah, the bench looks a lot worse. And uh, I couldn't agree more with you, by the way. Uh, I think the the perfect game management in the PSV game just totally eroded in this game with horrible game management all throughout. And I, I couldn't believe how shocking it was, to be honest. Yeah, but the thing is, we we didn't start badly. We we did that thing where we, we they actually had more possession, but we were letting them have the ball at the back. We knew we were going to catch them. It was just yeah. a just a matter of time until we until we caught them. Um, and 
you know, I think one big part of this game that I think has been overlooked a lot was Erdegaard getting that booking in the 15th minute for waving an imaginary card. Um, I've seen about 15 that players. Yeah, yeah that, I've seen about yeah. 15 players do that so far this season, including two of our own, by the way, because Partey did it at Palace. And I think Erdegaard might have done it at Palace too and both got away with it. Um, but Arteta got booked and then it's, the ref decides that this was going to be the game where he was going to do it and he books Erdegaard. But I think it, Erdegaard, was, you know, he's a pressing demon, isn't he? And I think that kind of slowed him down a little bit because he couldn't afford to get turned and get caught basically tapping yep. someone's ankles. Yeah, I agree. I think that yellow card really uh, like neutered him, for lack of a better term. Uh, he couldn't press as hard, and like you said, you know, there there was no room for a professional foul if he got beat either. So, uh, yeah, it changed a lot. It did, but we but still we didn't we didn't start badly. We we were we were doing okay. We won the ball. We were winning the ball quite high up. And when when Saka got that goal, it was absolutely deserved. When you know, Erdegaard plays it out to him. He cuts inside, and it's it's definitely going wide. The shot, but it it hits Romero on the knee and flies into the corner. And we were we were good value for that lead. Yeah, I think so. Like at the time, I think we were the whole first half. I felt we were we were pretty dominant, and all Spurs could try to do is 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 kind of try to hit us on the counter, even though that's not really their game this season. Um, so, yeah, I, I, I think, um, you know, going back to Arteta's game plan, I mean, it, it was perfect first half, honestly. I, I think we did pretty much everything right. Yeah, up until it was up until about 35 minutes. It, it was working perfectly. I mean, we should have been four up. Um, the Jesus miss when he robbed Van de Ven at a ball and then blazed it over the bar. That was such a bad miss. That yeah, that was rough. In the game. Yeah, that the, was rough. The Enketia miss when he went clear through. And a lot of people said he should have squared it. I don't think he could. I don't think the square pass was on. But blasting it, I don't even know if that was going in. Blasting it low towards the near post never seemed to be the answer. I mean, you go across and you go high um, yeah. in that situation. You, you don't do that. I thought that was a pretty bad miss. Probably worse than some people have given it credit for. Um, then we had another one where Saka played Vieira in down the left. And it was a heavy touch. And by the time he got in onto it, he was on the byline and he crossed it back. And Jesus, who had been clear in the penalty box, all of a sudden had a man on him and it got nodded behind. Um, then we had the Jesus one from the Saka cross as well. Then Erdegaard from outside the box. So we we had quite a lot of chances before we kind of lost our way a bit. And again, we didn't kill the game off. Yeah, kind of the pattern of the season. Uh... Uh, of last season spilling into this one it feels um I really uh you know uh, again I mean I, I don't know if this is team or Arteta we're not in the dressing room you know um but it, you know the, this and the in the late game management are two things that I feel like Arteta is just not improving on yet um and again, maybe it's not him. Well, I mean, the changes are obviously him, but maybe this this game management, uh, you know, not going for the throat is on him. I don't know. Maybe it's on the players, but it's just really weird, and it 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 really sucks that like again we're probably looking at a situation where um, it's hurting us again. Like I said, we seem to lose our way on about thirty five minutes. Um, 
And it's funny, we praised Raya on the last pod for his composure and calmness. And I thought that all went out the window in this game. I thought Raya had a really bad game, actually. And I think if Arteta was anything like true to his word um, about subbing, subbing goalkeepers when necessary, then Raya would have been off here because I think he, he really he really had a bad game. Um, and a lot of what happened kind of stemmed from that, him kicking the ball long and constantly giving it away. And we had that little warning with Brennan Johnson when Raya made the save, which is a decent save, but it's not as good as it looks because the ball's coming across. He's already coming that way. Johnson puts it almost in the middle of the goal. If that's in the corner or back across Raya, it's in. He put it in basically the perfect place and at perfect height for Raya to get it and, and palm it away. Um, that was a warning, right? That was, that was a warning that if we keep giving the ball away like we were, something was going to happen. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. I think, um, you know, uh, even though, you, you know, the, this Spurs team under Ange likes to, um, uh, you know, they, they like more the ball, uh, they like more possession. This team is still fully capable of hitting on the counter. They've done that under the past two, maybe three managers, I guess, if you count Nuno. Um, so, I mean, they're dangerous on the counter. When you have someone like Sun, Kulusevsky, Madison, who can unlock these players, I mean, if we give the ball away in midfield, they're going to break fast and they can score quick. Um you know, it doesn't matter that Kane's not there anymore. So, yeah, I mean, of course it was a warning. Uh, you know, it, I, I, don't, I don't know, Gav. Was it just, like, naive on our part? Were we nervous? Were, I, I mean, I agree with you with what you said about Raya. Uh, I thought his cool, calm composure went out the window and he was very um, erratic, right? Nervous. Everyone, um, everyone lost their heads at that point. And we started giving the ball away. We started whacking it long. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if this was the lowest pass completion rate from the vast majority of our players all season. I believe Erdegaard was at like 68%, which is absolutely unheard of. He had a poor game, I think. And I, he, I know... He did, I, he did I, a poor game. I agree with you about the yellow card, that that changed his game, but I, I think he was always destined for a poor game here. Yeah, it was. They, they all had poor games. I think, you know, Saka got penalty and scored the goal, so you want to say he had a good game, but he didn't, really. I mean, he had Udogi booked on 15 minutes. I don't think he ran past him once after that. And he, he had him. He absolutely had him. And he, he, he just kept turning back and knocking it back. To, to be fair, I, I said to my mate, I have a, a mate, Matthew, who who's a, a diehard Tottenham fan. I said... um you know, like, like, you know, don't, don't get too cocky here, but U Udogi is going better on Saka 1v1 than I've seen almost any fullback. And I think that is true. I think Udogi did do a really good job on him. I just don't think Saka tried to take him on. He didn't try and run him. It was the most bizarre thing. He'd get there, he'd face him up, he'd shift the ball and then knock it back. And he was on a yellow card. He was already on a booking after 15 minutes and he did not run at him at all. I don't know what was going on with Saka. But it wasn't, I mean, it wasn't a good day from anyone, really. I thought Jesus was our brightest player. Saliba. I, I think Saliba had a good game. I thought Saliba was erratic. I thought he had good bits, good bits, and he had bad bits. He did a couple of really good bits defending and really calm. And then he played a couple of really poor passes. There was one in the first half that he whacked over Ben White's head. And then the one in the, was it in the first half as well where he gave it? I think so. Half when he gave it away. Yeah, um, yeah, when he gave it away. But that's yeah, it. I can only remember those two that, minutes. But he that was... was in that spell where yeah, we were just giving everything away yeah. and so then we get to the Spurs the Spurs goal and again it's a poor giveaway they come down the right hand side the cross comes in 
I don't know if Raya has to touch this cross or not, but he flips back out. I don't know if it's going in or drifting behind, but I understand he can't take a chance. But flicking it back out to the edge of the six-yard box was just a disaster waiting to happen. And I think this is a consequence, to be honest, of him being four inches too short to be a top-class goalkeeper. Um, that was my concern when we signed him, that I think he's too small to be a goalkeeper. And I think he, he was really stretching and he pinged it back out. And then when it gets, he, he makes a save, there's a ball hit straight at him, it bounces out, it gets cleared. And Rice heads it, then it gets head, headed down towards Udogi and Madison. And when Madison gets the ball, I don't know what Saka's doing defending there. I mean, he, he runs almost the wrong way. And at that point, it's over because Madison's in and there is no way that Madison's son aren't going to make something of that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I, I don't, I don't really have much more to say on it. Yeah. I mean, it, there, there was a, a, it was a colossal, you know? Yeah. Yeah. No, it was, it was <laughs> bad. And, you know, yeah. and then it's, it's right on half time. So we're going in, at, we're going in at one, one when we're thinking, Jesus Christ, we should have been falling up inside the first half an hour. And now we've done this and then it gets worse because then rice has to come off. And Jorginho comes on and Havertz comes on for Vieira, which apparently was tactical. And I think that this is because he'd lost the physicality of Rice. So because he lost the physicality of Rice, he tried to make up for it by With taking Havertz. off Vieira and bringing yeah. Havertz on. I can see that. Yep. Now, here is my biggest problem with the Kai Havertz sign. Mikel Arteta seems to think he's John Fashton. So whenever Kai Havertz is on the pitch, all we do is lump the ball up to his head. And I do not understand it. I, I just, I don't get it. And this is why I'm terrified of the prospect of signing Ivan Tony, because I think we might become unwatchable if we do. Because I'm telling you, what I see of the way he's using Kai Havertz is dreadful. It is absolutely dreadful. And I don't blame Havertz. Yeah, I've got to agree. I mean, I, I do. Um, I, 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 I think the size and presence and technical ability of Hazard should be an option, a weapon, if you will, but it shouldn't be option A. You know what I mean? It shouldn't be like the default go-to. You use it sparingly, you know, and hope it works. Just stick to your game, but you have that size there to break down a low block, right? That's what I think. Yeah, but it's, it, as soon as he comes on, every goal kick he's just smashed towards his smashed towards his head and i and that that added to the problems we were already having where where the ball was like a hot potato and no one could keep yep. it that yep. that just added to it and and you know we we'd said with Ramsdale, oh he gets a bit tempestuous he's he goes too quick he starts going long raya did exactly the same in this game exactly the same just going long going long going long um but for all that the second half started brightly i mean you know, it's 49 minutes that we get that penalty and it's the most nailed on penalty you're ever going to see. I, I don't get how it took so long to be given. Can we, can we talk about this for a second? So, I, I mean, I, I've, I've been watching football a long time. Um, you want to know why it wasn't a red card? Yeah, so just it was a direct denial of goal scoring opportunity. It was intent the only factor there? Like, it does intent matter in a handball? Like, with that? Well, so here's the thing. I agree with you. I think it was a red card. If, when a player spreads his arms like that to make himself big, 
to me, the handball is automatically intentional, right? If you were going to spread your arms wide like that and the ball hits your arms, that is intentional because you have widened your arms. The only possible reason for not sending him off there is to say, well, it's it's a, it's it's basically, it's just unlucky that it hit him. I don't think that was the case there. He has spread his arms intentionally to make himself big and the ball's hit him. So I don't know why that wasn't a red card. I'm not surprised it wasn't, um, but I don't because um, we'll come on to this later on. The ref obviously didn't want to give a red card yesterday because Eddie and Ketia should be thanking his lucky stars because Eddie and Ketia's one was as nailed on a red as I've seen. Yep, same, 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 same. But we'll get there, right? Um, but yeah, super weird, right? Like I, I, I'm just, I'm so confused. And I, you know, the the same Tottenham mate, uh, I texted him and I said, you know, all banter aside, like why, why wasn't that a red card? Like I'm not trying to trash you or anything, you know, wh- why wasn't that a red card? And he was like, honestly, I have no idea what the handball rules anymore are. Yeah, was- uh, that, the fact that the fact that the ref must have deemed it accidental is the only thing I can think of. Um, I mean, at one point, I didn't think he was going to give it. But when he went over to the screen, it took him like two seconds to give it once he went I, over to the screen. The whole time, Gav, I was like, what is so hard about this? This is yeah. the most obvious pen I've ever seen. Like, Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It, there was nothing I, questionable about it. I, I was thinking maybe he was going over to the screen to debate the red card or not. And the pen was going to be a given, but I guess not. But yeah, it was it was a strange one. I I don't get I don't get how that stuff takes so long because it was it was so clear. And then the red card, yeah, I'm I'm with you. It, it should have been a it should have been a straight red, absolutely. So it's, it's it's I mean he's literally stopped the ball from going in with his hand. Yeah, yeah, it was direct and and from an Arsenal player that hit a hand and didn't go in. Like, yeah. I, and nobody even talked about it. Commentary didn't even talk about it. That I no, remember. no, it wasn't even it wasn't even mentioned that it, that yeah. it could have been a red. I I don't I really don't don't understand it. Um, but anyway, it's given, and we do that yeah. thing where Erdegaard stands with the ball by the penalty spot, which is the <laughs> that's yeah. how you know that Saka's taken it. Yeah. Um, Saka goes and takes it, and there'd been a long delay, so fair play to to Saka for keeping his nerve with this. He lifts it straight down the middle. Um, that, that's one of the best penalties I think I've seen him take. Yeah, it was deliberate. He lifted it. He shortened his run up for it. I, I thought it was, um, I thought it was a really good penalty. And there's, you know, we we thought that he was off of penalties. He's quite clearly not. It's quite clearly his job. Yeah, I think, um, I think after he missed that last one, you know, they, I don't know if it was planned by Arteta or if. Odegaard was just like, you know, let me take this one. You know, let me take some pressure off you or whatever. Um, but I think Saka is clearly on penalties and there was, uh, you know, some kind of design there where maybe they wanted to keep opponents guessing. Um, but I, I think Saka is going to be our, our, um, prominent taker from here on out when you, I mean, it, it's pretty obvious now. Yeah. It, yeah. It, it seems yeah. that way. And I think whenever you see Erdegaard standing by the spot holding the ball, you know, you know, Saka, because yeah. Yeah, yeah. right? that's the and I, I, you know, I like the I like the ploy. I think it's a good idea. Um, yeah. I'm not sure how long you're going to be able to keep that up for, um, because everyone else is going to cotton onto it quick. 
Well, Martinelli did that too, right? Before he was out, he held the ball before giving mm-hmm. it to Saka. Yeah, we've, yeah. We've, yeah, yeah. We've, we've done it forever. I mean, even the one Odegaard took, it was Saka that held the ball by the penalty spot before he That's threw right. it to Odegaard. It's it's a good ploy. Uh, Chelsea have been doing it for a long time. Chelsea did yeah. it in the uh, in the World Club, Club Cup, I think they started doing that. Um, and it, it, is a, it is a good move, but I, I just don't think it's going to be long in the Premier League. Like, everyone knows who's taking the penalties in the Premier League, right? Like, you can name the yeah. penalty taker for most of the teams. So yeah. I don't think it's, you know, I don't think it's something that long term is really going to work unless you unless you are actually mixing up the penalty takers. Um, but yeah, and then and then to be fair, at this point, it just all turned to shit. I thought it, this was the real, there were a few key turning points in this game, right? There was Jesus smashing the ball over the bar. There was the Odegaard booking. There was Jesus smashing the ball over the bar when he, he should have scored. Like there's no two ways about it. And then there was the obviously the bad bit of play that allowed that allowed Brennan Johnson to have that shot. That's kind of where I think the game turned in the first half. And then from you know almost from kickoff, Jorginho dallying on the ball. And I'm not a Jorginho fan. Uh, that's no secret. I think it was a terrible signing. I don't understand why anyone made it. I think there's this will when Jorginho has a half decent game to praise Jorginho. It's like a reverse Havertz, and I don't really understand it. Jorginho has a half-decent game, and everyone wants to praise him for being great. Um, And I thought yesterday you saw exactly why Jorginho should not be a part of this squad, because it wasn't even just a goal. He gets caught on it again just after, and it could have cost us again. But that dallying on the ball when there was no need for it, just I don't know how to explain how an experienced professional who, let's be fair, isn't the quickest, He's not the most deft of feet, I wouldn't say. His range of passing is good, but I wouldn't say he's he's a man you want turning on the ball and dribbling past players. I don't know what he's thinking there and why he doesn't just lay it back to Ben White, to Saliba, even to Raya. So, uh, you know, Gav, I I kind of, I was uh, distinctly against the Jorginho signing. I think it was, uh, was it me and you or me and Paz? One of us was semi-okay with it. I think the other two were directly against it. And I don't remember where you guys landed, but I've had to kind of, you know, eat this because he's been pretty solid for us, uh, better than expected in an experienced head that's come in. I think, though, in games like this, he moves at a speed that is like two levels below every other player on the pitch. And you, you, you text me in the, in the group, me, well, me and pause in the group and said, uh, I'd prefer El Nenny here. And I absolutely would as well, because at least El Nenny can play to the pace of the game. Um, I know Jorginho is probably more technically secure, and I, I you know, I, I don't really have any doubts about that. But El Nenny at least is, um, you know, can play to the speed of a game like a North London derby. And uh, you know, this doesn't make me go against the Jorginho signing. I still think he can be useful, but we should never be bringing him on at halftime. It was half, right? Yeah, it was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. at halftime in a North London derby. At home, away, it doesn't matter. That's He should be only there to close out games, and that's it. Um, so I get Arteta's hands were, were tied with the Rice injury and parties already out injured, but man. Yeah, go ahead, Gav. <laughs> yeah, it, it was... 
I mean, we're in a needs-must situation, yeah. but Jorginho should have been moved on in the summer and someone else should have been brought in that isn't like, that basically doesn't look like he's running through treacle. Um, you know, even in games, to be honest with you, where he's been brought on, I don't think he's looked particularly good this season, even when he's been brought on to slow games down because I don't think it's worked. You know, we brought him on against Fulham for Erdegaard and that didn't work either. I mean, he wasn't directly at fault for the goal, but it, you know, it, it just, it hasn't worked. It's, it, it's just, to me, it's a bad, it's a bad plan. And it was a bad plan in a match of bad plans. Once things started going wrong, I, I didn't, you know, and even uh, towards the end when we started pushing, I never really felt we were going to get the winner in this game. Yeah. Yeah. I kind of feel the same way. I remember, uh, I think it was the 91st, minute we had a pretty good chance um if it wasn't 91st it was right around there and I remember thinking after that I was just like I, I think that's probably going to be it um yeah and I'm, I was a bit worried as we, well we right? didn't have the players right on the pitch no, and, and yesterday we you know we needed an own goal and a penalty to score yesterday and in Spurs, just, we we are not scoring at home goals. yeah we are not scoring enough goals there's no question about it well, I saw all, all our uh, attacking stats. Somebody put it out uh, today, actually. And I wish I could share it on screen. I, I, I wasn't um, uh, prepared enough to to have a little diagram. But um, we're like eighth, ninth. We're like between eighth and twelfth in most offensive stats. So like he passes, shots on goal, uh, you know, that kind of stuff. And uh, you know, I mean, I mean, I think at this point last season we were we were first in everything. And um, this is this is a problem as well because let's be fair, we've played absolute shit so far. Yeah. Like not not as in our we're playing, but the the opponents we've had are all yeah. bad teams. We had a, 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 an injury hit absolutely in crisis Man United side, and that is that is it. Other than that, we've played Everton. They're probably going to go going to go down or run it close. We played Nottingham Forest. They're going to run it close to going down. Yeah. We played Fulham. They're going to be at the bottom end of the table. You know, this is, we've now dropped points in two out of four home games. And it's at, at both 2-2, by the way. So there's some symmetry there. Um, but there's, this is a problem. This is a real problem. And and quite honestly, it, it's not something that can continue because we are going to find ourselves out of a title race before it begins. So, so what is a gaff in your opinion? I mean, you know, I'm not, I'm not asking you to provide all the answers. Just what do you think is going on? We've clearly changed the, we've clearly changed the style of play, right? Like that's yeah. that's for sure. We're playing slower, um, I guess, more methodically. You would say. Um, we've also had injuries. Jesus hasn't been starting up top. Um, again, yesterday that was the manager's fault. Before then, fair enough, he's coming back from. He's coming back from injury. Um, Trossardi's Trossardi's obviously out. Martinelli's out. That's been a problem. Sakari's, I think Sakari's carrying a knock. I would be shocked if he's not because he doesn't look right. We are adjusting to Havertz or Vieira in that left eight role. Whichever one it is, we've had Zinchenko out for a, a large, you know, half of the start. I mean the gaping hole that is Granite Xhaka too. I mean that that we we played like shit without him. Every time he missed a game for the past seven years, you know what I mean? That's no like small miss. You know, well, it's what is I think becoming apparent 
and it's getting really, really hard to argue against it, is that 65 million we spent on Kai Havertz would have been better off being spent on an actual midfielder rather than a huge bloke that we lumped the ball up to. I'd have loved to have dropped 40 on James Madison. I don't know that Madison would have worked, but I, I get the point. I'm not sure Madison and Erdegaard can coexist in the same team. I think you need more of an Aaron Ramsey type of player rather than someone who wants to. It's a lower touch role, right? I like, think Madison could do it, though. I do. Maybe. He's still it, proclaimed an eight over a 10. Yeah, so, maybe. It's, it's a lower it's a lower touch role. So what you don't what you don't need there is another player that dominates the ball. Um, it, it, it's someone that does a little bit more of dog work and, and someone who's more about arriving, arriving in the box and stuff, but we're not, we're just getting nothing out of habits at the minute. And I've tried to defend him. And I think a lot of his off the ball work has, has actually been pretty good, but offensively we're getting nothing out of him at all right now. And I, I don't know. I don't think just keep taking him off, putting him on leaving him on the bench for a game, bringing him back. I don't think that's going to solve it because we're not solving the problem here. And and by the way, I want to say, I didn't think Vieira did anything to merit being taken off at half time. I think he, like I said, I think he, it was... He was tactical. fine, right? Yeah, I think no. it was it was yeah. tactical um, because I thought he'd actually acquitted himself because, pretty well. Because Wright's been off. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I agree 100%. I think and that makes no he, sense. You know, he'd, yeah. he'd, got, he'd taken a few whacks, but he'd got he'd got back up and he was moving yeah. the ball on, on more. I thought we were better with him on the pitch than we were with him off the pitch. Put it that way. Yeah. Uh, look, I mean, my opinion is, is I, I'd prefer Havertz to only be considered a forward in this team. I think at this point he's been, I and mean, I'm not saying he can't do it in the future, you know, maybe let him bed in, get to know his teammates a little better, get more comfortable, build some confidence, you know, then he could try it again. But at this point, I would only consider him a forward. I think he's been off the ball. You're absolutely right. I think he's been pretty good. He presses well. Uh, you know, he, he he's won some balls back. I, I don't think even the pundits are like, oh, yeah, he had a great game. No, he did everything that he was supposed to and wasn't shit. That's not yeah, a great I think I think generally he's been fine. Um he's been but, fine, yeah. But I do have a problem with how he's being used. Um and I'm not sure I don't like it, basically. I, I'm just not a fan of of this posting him up on the edge of the box and lumping the ball up from the goalkeeper. I just I just don't like it. I, I don't see it working. Well, it's it's not even just that, and and I agree with you. I mean, by the way, I agree with you. But it's not even just that he he's not doing anything in midfield. He's a wall. Like that's it. He he's just doing a wall on offense. Well, that's you know? it. You're not getting. You know, there's no. You've seen no flashes, have you? You've seen no, no. brilliant pass that's been put through. You've seen no, no turn and drive. You've you've not seen anything so far that that suggests he can really play that role. No, he hasn't even played like a, a brilliant through ball like Jorginho did, you know, like when we were all against that signing. I mean, as of right now, he's not living up to Xhaka offensively or defensively. He just presses well and is big. Yeah, and and it's it's an issue. And I honestly think him being on the on the pitch causes us more more problems than than it solves because it, because of the way we play because of the way we play. I, th- yep. I think it just it makes us go. And this is what I was saying today. We got linked with Ivan Tony again. Mate, I am petrified of that. Absolutely petrified it of it. I, I, don't I don't want, want any part of Ivan's home. 
I, I really don't. It's you know uh, he's a good player for Brentford, and that's that's fine. He's not a player for a club like us in talent wise. He's twenty eight years old with one decent season in the Premier League behind him, and even in that, half his goals were penalties. So I I just I don't I don't see it um, when you really delve into it. There was a point, you know, he beasted Saliba didn't he, last year at the Everton? He He's about the yeah, only player did. to do it. But they yeah. were playing a certain way. We were going forward and they were they were ranking up at the back and then lumping it up front. And He's a perfect player for a side like that. I don't think that we can have a player like that. I don't either. And he was basically like man-marking Saliba like uh, from the offensive side. Like he was on him just to win the ball going long and beat Saliba. That was the whole strategy. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah, I uh, mean it's not it's not exactly gonna gonna solve the problem of beating a beating a low block, is it? No, it's definitely not. And I I I, I don't know. I I don't like the signing, especially for the cost. It seems a lot more like Tottenham level to me. Yeah, it's it it's not. It 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 really isn't something that I that I want to see go through. Um, all right, let's let's wrap up the first half there. We'll we'll come back in the second half. There's probably some more things on this on this game that um we're gonna touch on before we get into the to the Brentford preview. I mean, let's be fair, the Brentford's the Carabao Cup, so whatever. <laughs> it's not exactly yeah. high on the list of priorities, but we will we will look forward to it anyway. So um we will see you on the other side of the break. <laughs> Hey guys, just a couple of quick halftime messages for you. Firstly, we'd really appreciate it if you could leave us a five-star review on your favorite podcast app. It really helps us reach a wider audience, particularly on Apple Podcasts. Secondly, we're on all the social media platforms as The NN Pod. We're really trying to build a strong Guna community. So next time you're on Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram, look us up, give us a like or a follow, send us a message, interact with other listeners, or, or just have a look around. Thanks for listening from myself, Paz and Jazz. We really appreciate it. Welcome back to the Non-Negotiables podcast. This is part two. Jazz, there's there's a lot of fallout from this game, obviously. Everyone's like pretty upset about it. We are still 14 from 18 points. It isn't the end of the world. Um, dropping four points in two home games is is a problem. Um where do we go from where do we go from here? How do we get this clicked? Is it a case of going back to what works? Um is it a case of just saying, well, when everyone's fit, we're obviously gonna get back and firing again. Where do we go? And that's kind of a tough one, Gav. Um I could see it going Either way, and I know that's kind of, you know, an on-the-fence answer. Um, we obviously started trying something new this year with, um, you know, party it right back and and stuff like that. And it, it um, you know, th- there's always going to be a learning curve to changing tactics. I personally would like to see us get back to what we were doing last year and just grow on that. Do you I know, think that when party comes back, we're going to see that again? Because I do. Uh, I kind of don't. I kind of don't. don't. But but I'm, I'm I wouldn't bet on it. You know what I mean? 
Like, yeah, because I, I do right. think I do think we're going to see it again. I do. I I think you're going to see at some point Zinchenko on the left and Party on the right with Declan Rice as that holding midfielder dropping in to make a back three when necessary. I do think you're going to see it again. And I I hate it to be honest, but I guess I kind of understand it. That's well, why we. But you haven't. Timber, right. But we haven't seen it with Zinchenko. We haven't. We haven't seen it really with Gabriel, uh, Saliba, and then Rice. But at the same time, we've gotten eaten alive at times with party. Not eaten alive. I mean, I guess that's an exaggeration, but. Um, Party is not as defensively solid as Ben White is. If we have Ben White, or sorry, ex- excuse me, if we have Party and Zinchenko on the fullbacks, I mean that could be a winger's wet dream. Am I right? Well, yeah, but that's why you—that's why Saliba would have to go out towards that right centre back to be able to move across. Right when Rice moves back in the middle and Gabriel and and Saliba spread wider, that's that's how you counter it. I mean, I'm not saying it's right or wrong, but that that's how you would counter it. Yeah, I mean, I you know, I'm, I mean, I trust Mikel. You know, uh, he he's uh, you know, some of his tactics have been a little sketchy at first, but he's he's pretty much won me over on everything. But man, yeah, I don't know. This this one just seems. I I think Ben White's one of the best right backs in the league. Um, I'd feel I feel honestly, I I thought Ben White was poor yesterday. I, I've I know, heard yeah. a lot of people say that say that they thought he was good. I thought he was poor. I thought his touch was poor. Um, I thought he got up and down the wing well. I thought he, you couldn't fault him for effort, but I didn't think he covered himself in glory on the first goal. And I, I, I really, I just don't think he had a good game. And I honestly, I think if Timber had been fit, I think Ben White would already be on the bench. And I think that is the plan long term. I, I agree with that. Yeah, I, I think that's probably true. Um, and I think uh, the the plan would be to have Ben White fill in at right center back and right back like as the backup for Saliba and Timber yeah no doubt I think I think Timber is more talented than Ben White for sure yeah I I just I think that was I think that was the plan I think when when Arteta bought these players in the summer I think he bought them to be first choice he bought Rye to be first choice he bought Timber to be first choice he bought Havertz and Rice to be first choice he envisaged I think he envisaged Rye in goal with Timber at right back, with Rice in the six and Havertz in the eight. That's how he visited it. Now, it may not turn out that way. Maybe he does have to abandon the Havertz plan. I don't, I don't know. But I do think that Timber was bought to start at right back. Yeah, I think so as well. I do. Yeah, and I love Ben White. But yeah, I think I think Timber was bought to to start, uh, you know, by October. Probably. I think Ben White's been, ben White's been really good in general. Really yeah. good. But I do think, you you know, you start to get, we talked about this with Raya and Ramsdale, you get to a point where these upgrades are small, right? There's there's small upgrades that make a big difference. And I do think if you look at that 11, we've obviously got a massive granite jacker shaped hole in it. And I do think when you look at the other positions, Ben White is the obvious one that can be upgraded on the easiest. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I, I really, I couldn't agree more. You know, again, and I, I love Ben White. I say this is Ben White lover. Um, yeah, I think, I think Timber is the, the 
the better player. He's he's the better defender. He's more comfortable out wide. He's uh, better with his feet. Um, younger as well already. So by the time he's been White's age, he could be even you know even better. Um, it's it's really a shame, and I hope the the injury doesn't hold him back too much. But yes, I I see Timber being our full time right back in the near future, you know? Yeah. And Gav, I, 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 I don't know if we ever touched on this in the pod. We might've correct me if I'm wrong, but you know, the club added him to the roster. So maybe they expect the, him back. The Premier League squad. Well, I mean, there's no harm in adding him to the squad. I, I, I honestly don't, I honestly don't know. I mean, to me, I, I would be, you might see him this year, but I don't think you're going to see him start this year. By this year, I mean this season. I don't think you're going to see him starting properly. I just ACLs, even though we've come a long way, they still take a while to recover from, and they still take a while. It still takes a while to get your fitness back, and then you've got to learn to trust it as well. I wouldn't be banking on seeing Timber as a starting right back anytime this season. I think yeah. starting next season, I wouldn't be surprised if he starts opening day of next season. But this season, I would be shocked if he came back in March or April. And and became the first choice right back. I just I really don't see it. Don't see that happening. I think adding him to the squad. I mean, why not? You can register twenty five players. What good does it do leaving his name off? We'd obviously planned for it. There was there's no one else. It's not like anyone's been left out. It's not like the days when we had to leave Urzu out of the squad because we didn't have the we didn't have the space. Um, yeah. There's you know there, there was there's no one else. You might as well write his name down as leave it blank. Yeah, that's true. So, um, is there anything else you want to uh, you want to bring up from from this game? No, I don't think so. No, I mean, I guess we could, I guess we could touch real quick on on what you thought about leaving Saka out there on one leg for ten or fifteen. Oh yeah, yeah, that's a good point. Um, because I, I this this refusal to bring Bukayo Saka off, no matter what, in a way, I understand it when you need a goal, but. He's brought Gabriel Jesus off, who was probably our brightest player on the day. And he's brought him off on, I think it was 69 minutes. I think he brought him off on. And he's left Saka out there when Saka was obviously not moving. And Saka eventually had to take himself off. I mean, this is, I don't get this. Yeah, and I mean, I think it's like the the pure dichotomy. Is that the right word? Uh, of like his perfect substitutions for PSV and then we switch to this game and it's like what the hell I mean the reliance on 22 year old Saka is is insane and and if he is struggling you've got to be able to take him off and I understand like Reese Nelson is probably his like proxy substitute but I mean Jesus Christ man I mean Make the sub. I mean, you you can't just let the man walk around. And I did think Jesus was like our brightest player on the day, uh, attacking wise. So to take him off and leave Saka on, who is obviously struggling, is just I, just I don't know, man. I think in this in this situation, I, I understand that they've got the physio reports. They you know that the plan was obviously to give Jesus seventy minutes, and that was it. But when you are two two in this game, I don't think you bring Gabriel Jesus off. I think you run the risk. You you just push think. it. If you have to push it, you have to push it. Eddie Nketiah's race looked run. I mean, run. And he was working really hard, to be fair. He was working he was hard. It just wasn't every... happening. Yeah, yeah, it just wasn't yeah. happening for him. Yep. And leaving him on while taking Jesus off, 
was just, you know, if we were three nil up, fine, no problem with it. We are at two two in a game that we had to win. And I I just I don't understand. I, I don't understand it. I don't understand these subs. I don't understand this game management at all. I, I never have, Gaff. Honestly, like my biggest criticism with Arteta has been this since like the first game. I don't understand his game management. Sometimes he nails it, but it's like in the 10%. Like PSV, he crushed it. He made every sub I would have when I would have made it probably. You know, like not saying I'm like the be all end all smartest manager ever or anything, but just, um, you know, he, he really made smart subs thinking about the future and thinking about the game at hand. In this game, I just feel like he went totally backwards and just like, made crazy decisions yeah i i I don't get it but let's let's move on from this now because it was i mean it was a bad day all around and uh it's one i'd one i'd rather forget i mean have you there can't be many draws that have felt like a defeat like that one no that's a good point it definitely felt like a defeat to me yeah i mean you know we obviously we had the couple last year the southampton one and the west ham one liverpool ones but this one really, really did feel like a feel like a defeat, and it was. I think part of it, you know, was how poorly we played in that second half because we. It, it wasn't just. It wasn't like oh well, they got lucky to get out of a draw. They didn't get lucky to get out with a draw at all. We were really, really bad in that second half. Yeah, I mean, you know, I, I, I like, I, I mean, we talked about in the first half. I mean, I think I could only name you know, Saliba is having a great game. And even he had some, you know, uh, a couple poor giveaways. I thought Sinchenko was, I thought Sinchenko was good. Sinchenko um, was bright. But, yeah, he was, he was, he was bright. But we kind of lost Sinchenko when we started going over the top in that second half. Our best bits, our best bits during the game were always when Zinchenko and Erdegaard were getting the ball to feet and being able to move it around. And as soon as as soon as we stopped doing that, we we lost absolutely lost absolutely everything. But I mean that that's going back to what we're talking about, right? It's a game management question. And Arteta, for some reason, when he gets desperate, he always wants to go long. And I I don't yeah, we, we go it. we go long far too much. We go long I, far too much. From the I kickoff, from the goalkeeper, we go long far too much. I don't understand it because it does not work for our team. Even with Havertz in there, that might help, you know, a little bit, but it doesn't. The last, the last bit on this, the last bit on this game, and then we are moving on. But the last bit on this, were you a little bit worried how leggy we looked? Because I thought we looked, I thought on, on 75 minutes, we looked tired. We have had one midweek game. This is going to be all season. We're going to be playing midweek and then, and then again at the weekend. Is that a cause concern? We haven't looked fit all season, by the way. We haven't looked. I don't think we've looked up to the up to the standard fitness wise. And I, I think that there's probably something into the fact that we fell apart so late last year that I think there's probably um, there's probably an effort to peak later rather than earlier. So their fitness probably isn't at peak yet. But we do look a little way off of it. I don't know, Gav. I mean, uh, th- this one's kind of tough because I mean we were missing. Um you know, both are starting left wings. So Martinelli and Trossard. And then just to deal with that, we had to kind of shift a couple things around. Uh, we're playing 
Eddie and Jesus, who Jesus is just coming back from injury, and Eddie's played a lot this season. Saka, I think, did look a little leggy. Odegaard as well. Um, but I'm hoping they'll, they'll get rest in the Carabao Cup uh, break, if you can call it that. Um, yeah, nice, nice segue there, just So, so let's do that in there. Let's move on to the to the Carabao Cup in the week because I, I I don't want to talk about that derby anymore. I don't even ever want to think about it again. We just move. We playing again? It never happened. Yeah, Brentford. yeah. Not Bournemouth, Brentford. Bournemouth. So Brentford away. Um, Brentford. I'm interested to see what he does here because part of me feels like he's probably just going to rotate the entire team, um, and you know go. Ramsdale, Walters, Kivior, um, you know, I, I, part of me feels like he's going to rotate the entire team. And then part of me goes, it's Mikel Arteta. He's going to roll out the same team and make two changes to it. Um, where are you at with not, not necessarily what he should do, because I'm sure you're on the same view as me in that this really should be a fringe players and kids competition. Um, but what do you think he's going to do? Do you think he's going to actually go all out and, and change the entire eleven? Oh, so, so Gav, I'm I'm on the same mind as you. I think it should be a fringe and kids competition. That being said, with Mikel, I don't expect that. Um, I don't think he's going to roll out a first eleven, but I think there's going to be five starters. So I think I think Ramsdale is going to come in, right? Ramsdale, that's that's for yeah. sure. Ramsdale will come in. I Gabriel wouldn't be starts. surprised. Gabriel I wouldn't, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if. He starts Ben White and one of Gabriel or Saliba and then rests the other one and then brings Tomiyasu in at left back. Well, Kivior and Tomiyasu are right back. Yeah, I think he's going to play Ben White. I think he'll play Why? Ben White. Huh? Why? I just think he will. I think he's going to make, I think he'll make two changes and I think it will be Zinchenko and one of the centre backs. Hmm. That's that's just kind of where I, I think he is because he, you know, obviously you have to protect Zinchenko a bit more. Um, so I, I I think that that's um, unless he's going to play Cedric at right back, and I don't think he's going to do that. But no, I don't unless he was going to play Cedric at right back, you can't change all of the back four anyway because we've only got three players to to go in there. Um, so I I can see I see it being White, one of Saliba or Gabriel with Kivior. Um, and then Tommy Asu at, at left back. Yeah, I mean, I, I can see what you're saying. I, um, I'd like to see Tommy Asu get a start uh, with Kivior, and I imagine it'd be Gabriel. I, I, I could even see Ben White moving to right center back. So you have Tommy at right back, Ben White's right center back. Gabriel, because he, you know, he missed a lot of games in the beginning, right? You remember? Yeah. And then Kivior at left back. Yeah, that that wouldn't surprise me. That's just kind of how yeah. I think he's going to do it. I think it will be. I think it will be two two changes there. I think Jorginho obviously is going to have to play, yeah, um, because Same. Rice Rice isn't uh, Rice isn't going to be risked. Obviously, yep. um, I think he's going to play Havertz, and yep. then I think he's going to play Fabio Vieira in Odegaard's spot. Or Smith Rowe. No, because I think he's going to start Smith Rowe. I think he's going to start Smith Rowe from the left. Okay, all right. Yeah, all right. I think he's going to start Smith Rowe from the left and Nelson from the right with Eddie up top. You know, you know what's interesting about that is that I think he prefers Vieira on the right 
right after Saka, not so, Nelson. So the other option then, I guess, is to do Smith Rowe in Odegaard's position. Yeah, maybe. Vieira on the right and Nelson on the left. Um, yep, yep, yep. I can see that 100%. So maybe you do that. And, and Eddie's going to start up front. I think that's that's for sure. But that's that's kind of where I that's kind of where I see it. I don't see him going full rotation on it. Um, I I don't think some I think some of the key players are gonna gonna come out. I think Zinchenko will come out. I think Erdogan yep. will come out. I think yep. Saka will come out. Yep. Um, I think Jesus will come out. But I, I I think it will still be a pretty strong strong lineup. Yeah, and I think that is a very strong lineup. I could even maybe see. I don't think El Nenny starts or anything, but I, I could. See I think he'll come on. on. Yeah, yeah, yeah I, I think he'll come on. Hundred percent, I think he'll come on. Um, yeah. What do you think Brentford are going to do? Like this is this is the bit that I I I really have no idea what what Brentford are gonna what Brentford are gonna do here. Are they gonna Are they gonna take it seriously because it's against us? Are they gonna want to put a full team out? Um, or are they Or are they gonna Are they gonna rotate because they've got bigger fish to fry? Uh, I'm just I'm looking at their their. Um schedule so far now um a lot of decent draws i mean they've got draws at, at tottenham uh draws at crystal palace well they're they so in the in the last round of this competition right they they played newport county away yep, i haven't they won yep. on, you got it yeah so, they won on penalties yeah but if you look at that team that is basically Almost a complete reserve team, right? If you yeah, they won't. They, they're not going to do that against us. Yeah, yeah. That, that's remember, kind of where I'm. That's kind of where I'm leaning. I, but I do. I don't think they're going to go full strength, though. I think they'll be. I think they'll they'll do kind of similar to what we will. They'll they'll maybe have they'll maybe have five first team players out there and then some backups. Remember, Brentford doesn't have a, a youth team. No, they no so, they don't. So they'll, um, yeah, I, I agree. They'll probably do uh, like five, five out, five in. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and stiffen it with with some first team veterans, maybe one or two fringe. Yeah, yeah, yeah that'll be that'll be that'll be interesting. I think this is I think this has got the potential to be a pretty interesting game. I mean, I always I always like seeing the kids a bit more. I'm hoping that maybe Dwanieri and Lewis Skelly and Cozy Dubri. I'm hoping maybe they make the bench and get on at some point. I, I mean, I wouldn't bet on it, um, but I, I would hope that they would make the bench. And Raw Waters I, as well. I mean, I would really like to see Raw Waters get a start here because I just, I don't know. There's Where is the pathway at the minute? I don't see the pathway. I would love to see uh, Raw Walters and Lewis Skelly come on for, uh, who did we say? Oh, Tomiyasu coming on for Tomiyasu because he's still not, Probably yeah, to, Tommy Asu. You can't, you can't yeah. let Tommy Asu go ninety. Whatever happens, yeah. if whichever one of him or Ben White starts or whatever, is he, he's coming off. That's for sure. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, uh, Rule Walters coming on for Ben White and uh, Lewis Skelly coming on for Jorginho. I'd love to see that, but I, I just don't know if that's. In I, the I don't see it. I think I, I agree with you. I think he's going to want to put El Nenny. Yeah. Out there. Um, Me too. Me too. Really. So I, I can see El. I can see El Nenny getting on. Um, yeah. Yeah, I don't. Then he needs minutes too, though. Yeah, I've got uh, no problem I, I, with only getting some. Games. Yeah. That's what this to yeah. me. That's what this competition is yeah. for. I yeah. I would just prefer to see Wanieri out yeah. there instead of Havertz or Vieira. 
Um, and I would rather see Raw Waters start at right back and, and maybe maybe Tommy Asso at left back. Do you know what I mean? Like that's I would prefer yeah. that, but that isn't that isn't this manager. That isn't what this manager does. No. So um I, I don't think that how um it's it's still quite a good competition to be in though, right? Like I think if we went out, oh well, whatever, we go out. But it's still a nice competition to to kind of go a bit further in and let these fringe players because we've got to give these fringe players games too. I actually love the Carabao Cup because of this. Because like I can comfortably watch it, you know, see maybe some fringe players, maybe hopefully some youth players. But then if we lose, I'm just like, oh well, you know. We'll get it next year. Yeah, it's, um, it's not the end of the world if you. Yeah, it's not out. the end. Yeah, it's it's perfect. No risk, you know, type comp, type environment. I, I I love the Carabao Cup to be honest, but I loved it more under Wenger to be fair. Yeah, it was it was definitely more fun back then. A hundred percent, it was more fun back then when the kids. But see, when when we started getting to the point where the trophy drought was going on and on and on, Wenger started taking it more seriously. And you saw less and less of the kids, you know, the days of the days of the the Nielsen Fabregas and and all that. That was that kind of went out the window in about 2010, 2011, maybe I would say. Once we started getting into five or six years of the of the drought, I think it ran a little longer than that because yeah, I remember it might have been, it might Marita, have been 2013. But you know? yeah, there was. Um... But yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah, yeah, he started, he started just speckling the youth players in instead of. Yeah, instead of instead, instead of, of them outright, and then yeah, as soon as yeah. we kind of started to get through the third and fourth round, then all of a sudden you were looking at full strength teams. Yep, yep. But yeah, I, I I like the competition. I respect it. I think it you know it's obviously the uh, the lowest uh, prestige competition that we are in. But I, I I still have respect for the Carabao Cup. I guess I'd love to win it. Yeah, and it'd be it's interesting just to just to see something different too, like how the players, like you said, like Vieira is going to be playing a different position most likely than what he's done. And I think I've actually quite liked the look of him over there on that right hand side when he's covered for Saka. Yeah. So if he does get to do that, then I would be interested in seeing that. There's a chance, obviously, that we'll see Havertz up top at some point as well if Enketia goes off. I hope um, so. So that would that would be pretty interesting, and you know we said we've seen nothing of Jakob Kivior really. Um, at the end of the day, at some point we're going to have to put eyes on him in an Arsenal shirt. Yeah, those three players in Smith Rowe, I think, are all three players that could be heavily in rotation, um, but just aren't really like um, bled in. Is that uh, the the way to say it? Like they're not. They're not quite integrated completely in the group, but once they do, I think they could be equal rotation partners with a lot of these other guys. And they're all versatile. You know, you have Kivior being able to play two positions, left back and left center back, Smith Rowe, left wing, left eight, Vieira, right eight, right wing. Uh, who was the other one you said? Uh, Havertz. Havertz. Well, yeah, he can play five positions, you know, Um so uh, I think once they're all like, you know, bled in more and, and I include Havertz in this, even though he's basically a starter right now, um, there, there's a lot of like, uh, 
what's the word I'm looking for? Not like mystery, but I mean, we could be, we could, we could put out like a very surprised lineup with all our players and how yeah, intrigue, I think is the word. Yeah, intrigue. Intrigue. Like intrigue yeah, that's, around that's a perfect word. Um, so, yeah. And I, I'm hoping Ramsdale has a good, as a good night too. I mean, I'm, I'm, you know, I, I was not impressed with, with Raya yesterday. I, I, I thought he had a really bad day. That uh, save though was nice. I know you, you, you you hit the group me and said it wasn't that impressive. I no, I don't. I don't more. think it was. I think it was one of them saves that looks a lot better than it was. Look, that ball has come across, and Raya is already going to his right. Right, Johnson there's a man in front of him, though, get, mate. Yeah, but Johnson doesn't get the cleanest contact on it, and when he puts it towards goal, he puts it in the center of the goal. It's not so. It's a good save. Like there's no doubt, it's a good save. But I think that is a save that a professional goalkeeper at any level, professional goalkeeper should make i don't, I don't think it's as good as i saw someone i don't know who it, who it was it might have been Ars blog actually said that it was reminiscent of david seaman's save against sheffield united let me tell you something it was nothing like david seaman's save against sheffield united hey, nothing like it at all it, he, was, make that save. he was going that way he was already going that way the ball isn't in the corner it is at the perfect height for him to get a pour on it it, it was a good save but it's a save that I would back a goalkeeper for, I don't know, Exeter to make or Plymouth. I, I just think a professional goalkeeper makes that save. Ramsdale doesn't make that 10. save. Oh, Ramsdale makes that save every day. I've seen Ramsdale Have... make better saves than that. Look at the no, save he made from Madison. Kidding? Look at the save he made from Madison at Leicester from that free kick. That's a hundred times the save. Hey, there were, that there that were was. like four people in front of that shot, mate. Why does that make it any don't. more difficult? But why does it? He's already it going that vision. way. It blocks his vision. But that wasn't where his vision was because he's coming back across the goal because the ball's coming across the goal. It's not like the ball was in front and he's shooting through legs. I, I yeah. just I, no, I think it was it was a good save, but I don't think I think that's a save that you should make as a goalkeeper. I don't think it's a I don't hey, think it's an outrageous save. Insane. I think it's a save you should make. That's insane. You you can you cannot be impressed with that save, but you can't say it's a save the goalkeeper should make. No oh, I, I definitely think it's a save a goalkeeper should make. He's not put it to the corner. Right. Watch He's it not... again. Right now. Watch it again right now. Okay. Yeah, right now. Sorry, sorry, listeners. We gotta right. watch it. We got we gotta do it. Let's see. Here we go. I'm pulling it up. Don't you worry. I'm pulling it up. Now I've got to go through the ads. So bear with me a second. What minute? Oh, you don't have YouTube Premium? Jesus, Gav. I don't like YouTube. I'm just playing. I'm just playing. Sorry. I already had the game up. So I. Okay. Let's wait a minute. What are you doing? do, Do you know about what minute it was? Again, sorry, listeners. We we have to settle this. So no, that's not the save. What the hell is going on? All right, I, I just saw Sun's goal again. Unfortunately, all right. <laughs> Damn it! All right, bear with me. It's playing now. Where are we at? What minute? Did you say this? No, I don't know. I'm looking right now. I'm I'm trying. This is embarrassing. Okay, here it is. I got it. Okay, got it. so the ball's come in from the right. He's moving back across. It, it's really not that good. It's really what minute, Gav? Yeah. I don't know. I haven't got the minute up on here. But Sun's put it across. Brennan Johnson's gone backwards. He's not connected with the ball very well. It's at a perfectly savable height. It's in the middle of the goal. Raya's going that way anyway. It, it's just not that 
could a save. I mean, it's a save that I think any professional goalkeeper would expect to make that save. It hasn't really come through a load of people either. It's Ben White and who is that? Multiple professional goalkeepers miss goals like that all the time. I think they would expect to save it. If that goes, if that goes in, I think you, I think the goalkeeper is disappointed if that goes past him. In fact, I think the only way that goes in is if he goes past the ball. Yeah, give me the minute. So I, I don't know because I did. It didn't have the clock on the thing. I just googled the. Uh, I googled the save. All right, all right, I'll do it. Anyway, this isn't very compelling podcasting, but yeah, I just. I <laughs> point was, I hope. Yeah, yeah, let, yeah, let's move on. Let's move on. Yeah. So, well, the only other thing. To worth chatting about, I think, is at the start of the season when we were doing our predictions, I gave you the bonus prediction that one of Big Ange or Pochettino would be sacked before the end of the season. I am now revising that. It's obviously going to be Pochettino. I'm yes. saying it's going to be before Christmas. Yes. I don't see how he can possibly stay in that job as funny as it is. And I am not surprised by this one little bit. It, I got to be honest, like, I, I don't hate Poch, you know, uh, all my feelings for him are, you know, North London, you know, based, uh, normal Arsenal Spurs hate. He's fine. Him in a, you know, in, in and of himself. Um, he is doing, uh, a rough job there. I heard that, uh, the executive team had to go in and speak to the, the, the players, um, which is never a good sign. Uh, I don't think it was Todd Bully. It was the guy, Emery. I'm struggling with the name, but I can find it if you need me to. But one of his business partners at Clear Lake went in and 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 like reamed the players about how shit they were, apparently. Um, yeah, I don't think Poch makes it to December. And I don't see how... Ch- I mean, in, you know, Chelsea, they brought this on themselves. I mean, all these guys they have are on eight-year contracts. I mean, the only player they have worth keeping is probably Enzo. Well, I think the thing with the thing for them is they've not put Pochettino in a place to succeed at no, all. I, I, I don't agree. think. I, I don't yeah. think there was any way that that he could that he could really that he could really succeed. With what he was, with what he was given, I just, I don't see it. They've bought a load of, they've bought a load of project players. They've paid top money for them, and they're expecting them to deliver in the Premier League. And it's just not gonna, it's just not gonna happen. Like it, it, it can't work. It could never work. So I think he's been sold down the river a bit. But even then, they should be better than they are. They're obviously just tanking for a first draft pick. <laughs> it's, I've heard it said that that's what he's got them doing, tanking for the first draft pick. I mean, what do they? What do they do? Do they just sell all these players off really cheap? I mean, they, as of right now, they're they're facing relegation. They, yeah, they've got a lower points per goal than Everton in twenty twenty three. I think aren't they this? But even this season, I think they're one point above Everton. And we would say Everton are in a relegation fight. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, it, it, it's a mess. I mean, it, it's a mess. And all these guys are on big money. 
not like Aubameyang money or Ozil money, but they're all on, you know, 200K, 150K a week on eight-year contracts. I mean, they're not going to be able to move these players either, which is the thing. And I, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think Boldy, he, he's burned through all the $2 billion Abramovich guaranteed would be there to spend at this point. I, I I don't see there can't be there can't be much left, right? I, yeah, I there just, can't be. I I don't know. I don't see where I didn't see where this was going before. I couldn't see it in the summer where this was going, and now it looks even crazier. And who do they get in to sort this out? I don't think there's anyone that can sort this out. Like manager wise, yeah, yeah. No, no, no. I don't either. Yeah, who? I mean, I Pep. Know. I don't even think Pep. Pep would need another billion. Yeah, I, I, I just, I don't see it. And to buy a completely different profile of player. Yep. So I just, I don't see it. But, um, and the other club, obviously, that are in a mess is Man United. They won at Burnley to keep them, keep, keep Ten Hag alive for a little while longer. But they're another team that are an absolute mess. And the players seem to be falling out with Ten Hag. They seem to be running and running to the press. It's lovely to see. Yeah, I just want to go on record here on this pod when I said that I would have liked to have had Ten Hag as manager and I probably was wrong there. Um, I, I would say so. I've got a love for Ajax as well. And I, I followed him with Ajax and really liked him, but yeah, he is failing miserably at a club it, under his biggest spotlight is Man United. And it's, it, it's rough to see. And with the whole it's not even just the management he the way he's handling these like uh domestic violence and sexual assault allegations and stuff is just like i, I kind of feel for him in that way because I, I i think you're you know you're having stuff like that hoisted upon you and i don't know what you do to make it better do you know what i mean like there is no i don't know there's any good way to handle that but i i just think in in general a lot of this stuff is just it's just been handled badly all the way. And now they're questioning his links with one of the agents. It's got a, there's a very, uh, this keys van Warren or something. And there's a, yeah, yeah, yeah. there's a huge, huge, yeah, yeah, of yeah. Kia Jarabchin about it all. Yep. So, yep. and the only he also, thing... Go on. Oh, sorry. Sorry, man. I didn't mean to interrupt. He also, but he did back Mark over Mars as well after yeah, the... yeah i know i know he, he yeah. yeah i know he did that so that don't look so good. He, he's kind of got a, a history of you know like brushing that aside which you know whatever i just i i don't care for it personally you know yeah. like... so the only other thing i think worth talking about in the premier league are the three promoted teams the worst promoted teams in the history of the premier league They've got to be close, right? I mean, if you think about it, Luton managed to get a draw with 10-man Wolves the other day. I, I'm surprised they even got a point. But between them, Sheffield United and even Burnley, I, I just, I don't I don't see any of them surviving. If they do, it's only because Everton are so bad. I, I can see I can see two of them going down with single-digit points. I just, I don't see, other than beating each other, where, less, where, um, where Sheffield United and Luton's points are coming from. Yeah, I think it's Sheffield United and Luton that are they, they're chasing. Uh, who was it? Derby County, right? Yeah. They have what eighteen points, I believe, in their worst. I think it was season. less than that. I think it might have been twelve. Less? Yeah, cool. I think it might have been twelve. It was. It was. It was a long. It was very, very low. Um. Um. But yeah, they're they're. I I think they I think there's a good chance that that Luton break that. 
Yeah, I could see uh, Burnley getting it together. They're trying to play football. You can see their ideas, and if it starts to click or they get, uh, you know, a consistent goal score, I could see them, you know, kind of jumping right up the table. Uh, so it, was, about- it was actually 11 points that Derby got. Points. Yeah, 11 points. Yeah, I don't know. I don't think anybody's going to be that bad this year. I mean, that's that's an all-time bad. I, I can I can see Luton finishing on single figures. I can't. I, yeah, maybe. Maybe. Yeah, I, it wouldn't surprise me if they didn't win a game all season. I think Derby won one game that season. I think they won one. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, they lost to Chelsea, you know. Yeah, true. True. So, yeah, I don't know where the points are coming from if you're losing at home at Chelsea. <laughs> But yeah, yeah. So I think that's 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 something. I think the bottom teams are worse this year in the Premier League than they've been in a while. I think that goes for that goes for like the bottom seven or eight. Um, I think there's quite a big gap now between the lower mid table and the lower table teams. Yeah, it's starting to transform again, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. yeah. It is. It's definitely very top heavy this league. Okay, yeah. mate. All right. Well, thanks for coming on tonight. Um, yeah, of it course. wasn't a. Um, not the best circumstances because I know we're uh, all still frustrated about yesterday, but hopefully when we come back on Friday, we'll all be feeling a little bit better and more refreshed about it. And then if we can get a, get a win on Wednesday and then get a win at Bournemouth, we'll, we'll all feel a little bit, feel a lot better about it. So, all right, mate. Well, thanks a lot. And uh, I will see you next week. All right, mate. Have a good night. All right. Good night, everybody. Good night.